Today on First Cup, I'm in a hotel, and I'll tell you why, for those of you who don't know, and we're going to, it's Friday, so we got jokes and a bunch of other stuff, so stick around, we're rolling in 10. This banner is taking up my whole face, let's take that down. Comments, here we go, three, two, one. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Today is Friday. It is January 20th, 2022. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. Ugh. I made it in a little plastic thing over there. It's not the worst cup of coffee I've had. Good morning, Ray and Andy and Daniel and all of you out there, whether you're watching live, later, or even listening. Thanks for joining me here for First Cup. I am in Atlantic City. I made it the long, long, but really uneventful drive down. Uh, there was not, there wasn't anything of consequence. I just drove and listened to audiobooks and podcasts and dealt with New Jersey traffic. That was it. You know, it's funny. Um, this is the first time I've, I've made the drive solo, which was interesting. In past years, I either, you know, I, I the first time I came down, I picked up a passenger in Vermont and went, how did we go? You know, there's a good chance that we went the way that I drove today, but that was six years ago, and I don't remember. But the other years that I've come, I went down to Connecticut and crashed with Paul the night before, and we drove down together, which meant going a very different way and having to deal with New York City, and fortunately did not have to deal with New York City. Uh, but just drove and listened. And Daniel says, whoa, giant Jeremy had this morning. Yeah, I'm on my laptop with the terrible camera, and I'm like this close to the camera. I could I could back up. I could do I could do this. But I've got a feeling the mic isn't going to pick me up very well here. So let's compromise. How about I'll, I'll do this. But I can't, you know what? I can't reach. I've got to be close enough to reach the keyboard. Good morning, Jenny and Mark and Dennis. Dennis says, happy Friday, Whistlecake family. Gonna see Dennis later. We are testing. I'm excited. Oh, this coffee's not getting better. There's a Starbucks that technically opened at six, but I was fearful that I would not get back in time. Because I'm probably not the only person wanting a good cup of coffee when the coffee shop opens. So, yep. He knows a giant head and better sound is absolutely the right choice. I would agree. You guys left me a ton of stuff. Is there anything that came up while I was driving? No. Oh, I don't think so. I am wearing the same sweatshirt I wore, I think, yesterday. Good morning, Cato. Cato's doing, hey, I think you are only the second person ever internationally to join us for the show. You and Nanu. Awesome. 
races. The lines at Starbucks are so long, you need coffee to wait for your coffee. Well, that's what this will be. I will go get a real cup of coffee, a better cup of coffee, because you know what? Hotel coffee. I have this tendency when I travel to hotels, not that I've done that much in the last few years, but I would try to bring everything. I would want everything. I would want all the things from home and try to recreate things, you know, bring in French presses and making coffee. And it's just exhausting. And it's at the point where, you know what, I would rather have a terrible cup of coffee than have to deal with all the logistics. I'd rather buy a cup of coffee than deal with the logistics. Now, that being said, I did eat almost entirely food from my car yesterday. The only meal I had, I ate at a restaurant here. And but driving down, I just I, I had uh, cooked up some mushrooms and some turkey bacon and just if I was hungry, I ate that and brought a ton of water because you know what? I don't want the water. You, you guys who live in cities and you drink this stuff, I, I don't know how you do it. It tastes like bleach. It's gross. So I brought a couple of gallons of water, which is not going to be enough, but that's what I got. Daniel says, oh, apparently I'm wrong. Daniel says, I've seen another Brit in the chat. Okay, well, maybe you're, you're, um, you're Britdar. I'm, try, I'm trying to contract like British radar, you know, like Gaydar. Judar is the thing, by the way. Um, Dennis is looking forward to it. Just finished ironing my costume, as many of my students' parents would call our geese. Oh, that's funny. Kelly says, it's a super suit. I agree with that. Jenny says, I have packed my French press for camping trips because I made better coffee than my campfire percolator. Oh, those are fighting words. I know people who love their percolator. Although, let's be honest, most of the old percolators were made of aluminum, so maybe we're talking about some dementia. Ah, Daniel says, only once I know because he's a friend. So what's going on today? Um, this is the agenda for the weekend. I printed it out because I'm a nerd. Uh, there's not a lot going on. In fact, if I look at the agenda for today, I don't think there's anything I'm really going to participate in up until testing. There, I, I've got some friends that are doing some some seminars today, and I may swing by and say hi. Uh, saw a handful of people when I checked in last night, which, let me tell you, checking into a casino Thursday night, way better than checking in Friday night. Thursday night, there were four people in front of me. Every other time I've been here, I've waited at least 30 minutes to check in. So that was kind of nice. Uh, saw a few people in in the elevator. Uh, there have been a couple people who have recognized me. I don't know who they are. So um, I think that's what's supposed to happen if I'm doing my job right. Ray asks, what are you testing for? So I am here testing with a handful of people for our next rank in Superfoot System, which is Superfoot Bill Wallace's kickboxing organization. Great group of people. And we had our pretest a couple weeks ago and knock on wood, my direct instructor Terry said I was ready. So we'll see how it goes. And in fact, you guys all left a lot of questions about that. So I'm, I'm just going to dig in. Let's start with the jokes. Frank left us some jokes. The jokes for Fun Day Friday. Today is International Lego Day. 
Why was the granddad so happy when he finished the Lego set? The box said five to 12 years, but he finished it in three weeks. Why couldn't the detective solve the Lego crime? He just couldn't put the pieces together. What do they do every year in the Lego neighborhood? They have a block party. Why do the Lego people hate going to the hospital? Because plastic surgery costs a fortune. What did the doctor say to someone who stood on some Lego bricks? Just block out the pain. I know a number of parents who would consider that to be some of the most painful experiences of their lives, stepping on Legos, which is why on the flip side, no parent has ever removed accidentally vacuumed Legos from the vacuum. What is the best way to keep intruders out of your home? Just put Lego bricks all over the floor. Yes. Yeah, if you've ever uh, um, seen like old ninja movies where they, they throw what are essentially like jacks, you know, like from, from a ball of jacks that nobody plays with anymore. Caltrops. I think Legos are, are the modern caltrops. What do you do to someone who doesn't like your Lego jokes? Block them. <laughs> What's a Lego's favorite dance? Square dancing. What did the angry Lego brick say to his friend? You're a blockhead. What does a heartbroken Lego person say? I'm falling to pieces. Good stuff. Good stuff. And yes, is it snowing there? Uh, I haven't looked outside yet. It, there was zero snow on the ground when I got here yesterday. Uh, for most of the drive, it was 30 to 34 degrees. No snow. It was kind of nice. You know, I, I, I don't hate the climate here. There are just far too many people. And Mark says, good luck and congratulations. Thank you. Dennis says, Andy, snow should start in earnest around 9 p.m. or so. Yeah, there's uh yeah. Yeah, I don't know what is it what it is about me coming here in snowstorms, but apparently it's a thing. Oh, I need way more coffee. I'm not timing this well. Can you see? I'm like, oh, damn it. That's how much more coffee I need. I just poured coffee on my laptop. All right, hold on. Hold on. I'll be right back. Welcome to First Coffee, where Jeremy does dumb things sometimes. We all do dumb things. Uh, I don't think. Hmm. I may have just lost my touchpad. That'll be fun. Come on, laptop. Well, I think we might be stuck with that comment. Dennis's comment. Uh, there's a way to turn the touchpad on and off, but I'm not seeing it. All right, well, that's what we're running with. I think I just broke my laptop. It's a good thing this is the worst one I have. It's cheap. Um, Kelly asked, no room service there. There probably is. 
but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sweat it for for a cup of coffee. All right, um, if I can't do that, oh, I got a keyboard, so that's a good sign. All right, well, let me pull up the rest of the stuff from my phone, and we're just we're just gonna hope. We're just gonna hope that this thing's not completely dead, and if it is. I'll just throw a cheap mouse in my bag when I travel. Um, first cup. I'm going to go to first cup. Here it is. Mm, come on. Come on. Come on. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Here we go. Um, all right. And then, so a bunch of stuff about testing, and we'll go through that in a second. But Frank has a really interesting thing that he posted that I wanted to ask about, or I wanted to talk about. On this day in 1912, American Expressionist painter Jackson Pollock was born. What does Jackson Pollock have to do with martial arts? Let's allow part of an article by Tiffany Tam of the Studio Gallery in Washington, D.C. to explain. I did skim this beforehand, and I really liked it. What is abstract expressionism? What is action painting? In the 1950s, two forms of abstract expressionism emerged in New York. The action painting movement is centered around Jackson Pollock, who worked on drip paintings. His method includes dancing around a canvas that is laid flat on the ground and pouring paint from the can or trailing it from the brush or stick. The second group is called color field painting and is intended to use large areas of color on a canvas to elicit contemplative or meditational responses in the audience. So what are the commonalities between drip painting and judo? Both drip paintings and judo randori emphasize the notion of taking charge of the chaos, either by creating a painting out of non-systemic pouring of paint on a canvas or by counterattacking the right technique at the right time. In addition, both processes require intuition, the ability to see beyond the movement at hand. Jackson Pollock had to see beyond the immediate trailing of his paintbrush to incorporate the drips into a larger painting. Similarly, a judo practitioner must see beyond the immediate attacks before him and trust what his body has learned over the years to defend and counterattack. I really like that. If you have listened to the episode with, um, shoot, Gene Kanakogi. Gene Kanakogi talks about Jackson Pollock and a relationship that her family had to Jackson Pollock. So if you if you find Jackson Pollock interesting, go check out that episode. Gene Kanakogi. Um, I don't know why I'm trying to use my mouse. Okay. Uh, the the idea of, of sparring being chaos and I, I think we often use the term chaos incorrectly right to, to most of us in society we think about chaos as just too much going on but really i mean if you really dig into the definition of chaos it's it has to do with complexity and and things being um unexpected isn't that kind of the definition of sparring You've got a bunch of people doing stuff. You can't predict it. Sometimes you can predict what they're doing, but not really, right? And 
that's chaotic and managing that chaos or being able to see through the chaos is, is kind of a valuable skill. All right. And now, and if anybody has feedback on that, feel free to pose. All right. So I've got stuff from Andrew and Dennis and Chris and Josh about testing today. And we're going to go in chronological order here. So Dennis says, today is your Superfoot rank test day. Rank promotion day is one of the most exciting events for teacher and student alike, and all of the hard physical work is done, and the fruits of your labor will be on display later this evening. With testing less than 12 hours away, can you share with us your test day mental and physical preparation? Well, part of it was arriving here at the hotel the day before. The idea of trying to coordinate an eight-plus-hour drive to arrive for a 5 p.m. test just wasn't going to happen. I knew it wasn't going to happen. So I came today. Could I have done it? I could have, but we wouldn't have had first cup. I wouldn't have been able to do all that in one day. Would have been too much. Um, what other preparation? I've been doing a lot of flexibility work. I've been just I've been just chipping away at it. I'm glad we had the pretest a couple weeks ago because that reinforced that I was ready. It reinforced where I am skill-wise versus the other people who were there. I don't need to be the best person testing. Um, there was a point in my in my youth where that was important to me. That's less important now. But I just don't want to be the, the worst person there. I don't want to be the person who sticks out and holds everyone back. I'm really bummed about my laptop, guys. Any other preparation? Um, I was very careful about what I ate yesterday. You know, I, I could have stopped and had snacks along the way, and I didn't. I, I've limited carbs to my dinner. Um, today, what I eat is going to be very selective. It's, you know, I'm not going to eat a lot. Most of what's going to go in is going to be water, coffee, um, remaining turkey bacon, the mushrooms I cooked up. Um, if I find if I find a place that's got some eggs, you know, I'm not going to do carbs beforehand because uh, those are just going to sit. And I'll, I'll I will have lunch, but it'll be a light lunch. Mentally, I was really nervous the first time I tested in Superfoot, but I've tested twice now, and especially being part of a group, it's not that big of a deal. Um, Pressure-wise, it's expect the, the unlike a lot of other organizations when you test, where the goal is to kind of break you or to see how you react, react under pressure. The goal here with this organization, because you you need to have a black belt in another style, it's it's more demonstrative. What do you know? Where are you at? Have you put in the work? And that's what they want to see. Who was next? Nine, eight. Nine. We'll go with Andrews. 
Andrew says, I've often told students that it's okay to be nervous on tests. Yeah. Nerves can be, can be good. It can help keep you focused. What's bad is when nerves turn to fear because fear is paralyzing. What advice would you give to students to help make sure nerves don't turn to fear? Recognize why you're nervous. Why are you nervous? You're nervous because you care. That stress, that anxiety. Thank you, Daniel. That stress and anxiety is a result of, of caring about the result. If you didn't care about the result, you wouldn't worry. You don't worry about, oh, I hope I get my lunch right today because it's just lunch. You don't worry about, oh, you know, um, I hope I sleep well tonight because you just, you go to bed, right? I've learned that stressing over testing is because I care about testing. I've also learned that stressing over something, even though it doesn't always change it. Thank you, Sarah. That that is you are you are right. That's the stuff I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do. Sarah's offering advice on what to do with the touchpad. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Stress doesn't change the outcome, right? If I was stressing a few months ago, there are plenty of things I could do. I could have trained more. I could have worked on things more. I could have had more private lessons. I could have done stuff. I can't, there's nothing I can do now. I just need to show up and put and do it. Then it says, the first time I tested with Superfoot, it was 2007 at the Joe Lewis annual conference. I was the only one testing and I had a boatload of my fellow JLFS, Joe Lewis Fighting System, black belts watching. That was definitely an experience. Oh, solo. Growing up, all of my tests were solo, including my, my black belt test. It was all solo. And then when I tested for black belt in Taekwondo, there were a bunch of people. I was like, man, this is crazy. There would be elements of the test where I just was expected to stand there. That was insane. I could hide. Oh, it was such it was so much easier. They, they, I, testing solo versus testing with people is nuts. Just the difference. It's it's crazy how different it is. Um, and now Chris. Chris says, which of your rank exams have you most looked forward to and why? He says, that's building off Dennis's question. <sighs> looked forward. I was at, I've been at such different stages in my life. When I tested for my first black belt, I was 16. My life was dramatically different 26 years ago. Which one? I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Because I don't, I, I, I don't compare them in that way. I was very nervous and probably most nervous testing for my first Superfoot rank because I didn't know what to expect because I was kind of new to the organization. Uh, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. 
but that's not the same thing. That's the closest I can get. And then Josh says, good luck on your test. I hope you have fun with it. Wishing you health with the weekend activities. Thank you. Speaking of travel, do any of y'all plan visits to martial arts schools when you were traveling? Used to try to arrange this ahead of time in the past. Didn't always work out for timing or other reasons like instructors thinking it was weird someone would want to drop in for one class, but I always valued the experience and it worked out. This is, if I could change one thing in the martial arts world, if I could wave a magic wand, this would be it. The idea that dropping in for a class is weird or upsetting or whatever, that should change. And to give you a little bit of foreshadowing, um, I got a phone call on the drive down. I will be opening the school. I will say no more about it yet. There's a lot of work that has to happen. However, this is one of the things that I want to lead by example on. There will be direct information on the school website about dropping in because I think that is so valuable. If cross training is a value, bringing other people in to share their perspectives, even on an ad hoc basis is valuable. And when I look back at the original school I trained in, this was part of our culture and it's something that exists in very few schools. And I credit some of what I know and why I know it to this. So hopefully it changes. Kelly says, hooray for you. My school is and always has been open for drop-ins. That's awesome. That's it. That's all I got, you guys. I will see you on Monday. Um, probably from another hotel room. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, you know, I will leave it at this. On the drive down, I received some emails related to some things. And the short of it is, I'll, I'll talk, I might talk about it on the other side. One of my greatest pet peeves in life is when other people don't do their job and I need to make concessions that I should not need to make. I need to drive from here to Maine to deal with some estate stuff from my father's estate because someone chose to not do their job. Now, I understand that things happen, but the proper thing when you screw up is to own your mistake and to make concessions, not insist that other people accommodate you. And you better believe these people will be getting a bill because my time is of value. I'm going to bill them. They're not clients, but I'm sending them a bill. And I'm probably going to pay the attorney to send the bill for me, even though they cost a little more. So have a great day, a great weekend. I will see you in some random hotel on Monday, maybe Maybe from here? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. 
maybe this is my motivation to get a tablet and run the show off a tablet. Who knows? Uh, thank you for your support, everyone. I really do appreciate all of it. And yeah, leave some stuff for Monday. I'll, I'll post something in, in the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash first cup of Jeremy. Remember, if you want to support us, if you want something like this sweatshirt. Oh, by the way, the white sweatshirt goes away Sunday night. So you have until Sunday night. If you want the white version of the dragon hoodie, you've got you've got until then, and that's it. Uh, and you can use the code first cup one five to get fifteen percent. If you also want behind the scenes content, uh, like if you want to know who's come up on the show, who did I interview on Tuesday? Ooh, did you want to know who that was? It was a big name. Patreon.com slash whistlekick. You can find out who we're talking to for as little as two bucks a month. Two, just two dollars. Two dollars. And it goes up from there if you want more stuff. But if you want the full list, all the things you can do, Andrew just sent me some stuff I got to upload. That'll happen next week for the family page. Whistlekick.com slash family. Doesn't exist in any links. You got to type it. But it's worth it. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you. You know, come in, come in here waking up alone. But then getting to talk to all of you, that means a lot. So thank you. Oh, look at all these people in the chat. I love it. Thank you, Jenny and Cato and Ray and Kelly. Dennis, I'll see you later. Everyone else, thank you. And uh, how am I going to end this broadcast? I think I have to shut the laptop down to end the broadcast. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Peace. Let's try this.